Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we're joined here today by Brett Bivens. Brett, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Great. Uh, Thanks for having me, David. So uh, I am on the investment team at a Chicago-based firm called TechNexus. We're an early stage investment firm uh, with a model very focused on working at the intersection of early stage emerging ventures, early stage technology companies, and the corporate universe. So we partner with large corporates, build vertical focused funds with those corporates, and then go out and invest in early stage companies that we think are going to have kind of an outsized effect on uh, the markets that our corporate partners operate in. And I think sort of as it relates to like our conversation and the audience and this podcast, um, we're extremely active investors in the, in the world of audio. So we've been investing in the world of audio for uh, three or four years now. We've been working uh, in the audio space with a company that I think a lot of people recognize called Shure, um, very famous for microphones and headphones and things like that. Um, And that's, been a really, really interesting journey uh, to kind of better understand how, I guess, audio and um, voice and all of these new devices that are proliferating uh, in terms of daily usage are really impacting the way that we live. So um, yeah, so that's a little bit about uh, us. Like I said, we uh, were based in Chicago. I'm personally based in Paris. I moved over here about a year and a half ago to expand our firm, expand our operations, uh, and a little bit of our investment purview over here. So kind of a cool, uh, cool opportunity for me and a cool experience to get a sense for all the innovation, all the venture activity, everything that's happening uh, across the pond as well. Oui, oui. Very nice. Very nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, the reason I, I wanted to bring Brett on today, um, I came across him on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, you know, continues to be the king of uh, just finding awesome individuals and, and really smart people. And I had seen him pop up from a lot of the people that I had followed were retweeting his stuff. And I came across this piece that he wrote um, that was all around negative churn and what he is defined as business model leverage. And I'm going to let him explain that a little bit. But I think ultimately, um, you know, I want I wanted him to come on because I think that he has a really interesting perspective on some of the topics that I've been talking a lot about through the blog and through the podcast, um, which is the whole Daniel Eck notion that, uh, you know, when he posed the question after the anchor and the Gimlet Media acquisition, um, saying, are our eyes really worth 10 times more than our ears? So I think Brett kind of had come across this and, 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 and is approaching it from a different standpoint, you know, with his venture capital firm. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about that piece that you wrote and the whole premise behind it? Yeah, sure. So I guess first, like you kind of mentioned the, uh, the Daniel Ek uh, notion of audio being more valuable than it's kind of given credit for. And I think that's, that's been something that we've seen not only in the relationship that we have uh, in the audio space with Sure that I mentioned earlier, but part of our model and part of our purview on the ecosystem that's been really, really enlightening in terms of how we think about the importance of audio uh, generally is all these other markets that we operate in and that we have funds in, in areas like, you know, fitness and wellness, uh, marine and outdoor recreation, industrial spaces, public safety, 
what's been super fascinating about that and kind of gets to the point of audio is underestimated overall is just how important audio and voice is becoming across industries, across use cases. You know, it's not just about music. It's not just about podcasts. It's not just about audiobooks, uh, things like that. I mean, it really has a, uh, has a massive impact across, you know, all of our experiences. So that's been super interesting. And that, all of that kind of put together, like you kind of said, led me to really dig in a lot more on Spotify over really about the last year and a half or so. And kind of got me, like you said, to this, this idea of business model leverage, which I think Spotify is a pretty unique company in a sense that uh, most companies kind of grow, get to scale and have other expansion opportunities. Um, they can, they can go in a number of different directions, but for the most part, the expansion opportunities that those companies have are lower margin, maybe less attractive overall, um, are going to uh, detract from sort of the multiple that that company trades at um, because they've sort of come out of the gate with their best idea. Whereas Spotify is kind of opposite in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. So they came out of the gate with uh, this music streaming business, um, which is you know a really, really interesting way for them to kind of own the demand and, and get a deep relationship with the end customer, but is maybe not the most like attractive business from an economic perspective. Yeah, um, really bad people, gross profit margins. <laughs> exactly, yeah. People, people kind of uh, understand this pretty well now, especially with the big push that they've made into to podcasting over the last year, but they sort of exist in this marginal cost world where with each incremental stream, they're paying more um, or they're, you know, paying again uh, for that. And so they're, they're kind of limited in terms of how much they can kind of grow that uh, business um, from a profit perspective. And so, yeah. And so one of the really interesting things about where Spotify sits and I think Daniel Leck, if you've ever heard him uh, on a podcast or interviewed is an extremely thoughtful long-term thinker and, and seems to have come to this idea pretty early is that they have a lot of expansion opportunities that are actually higher margin because of the fact that they own the relationship with the consumer because they own that, uh, that ear share, so to speak, mm -hmm. with, uh, with music streaming, they can really push aggressively into these other categories like podcasting where uh, they aren't paying on a marginal cost basis or even, you know, as I talk about in the piece, uh, some other really interesting kind of expansion categories where audio is playing a bigger and bigger role, um, areas like wellness, areas like education, um, audiobooks as well being another category. So, you know, from, from all of that, I think, uh, going back to the beginning, audio is very underrated, but I also think that Spotify, if they can go and execute towards that, towards that broader vision that, uh, that he's laid out around being sort of the audio company, uh, is, is pretty underrated at this point as well. Yeah. And I think like in your piece, you mentioned, um, this idea that like, it's, you know, I think you said it right at the top of the piece where it's like, you know, it's so much easier to retain a customer than it is to go and find a new customer. And so many of these SaaS-based businesses are uh, very much oriented around acquiring new customers. And, and to your point, um, even though Spotify may have uh, initially began as a pretty terrible business, <laughs> mm -hmm. but a really compelling um, offering for consumers and, and just growing a huge uh, user base, um, <clears throat> to your point, you can then start to cross-sell them. You can upsell them on these new things. And, and something that you've mentioned before in some of your writings is this idea of an audio day. I really mm -hmm. like that premise of like this idea that 
you have uh, throughout the course of your day, whether it be your commute um, or when you're working or when you're cooking, um, you're doing these different tasks that aren't particularly conducive to viewing video. Um, it's much easier to consume content through your ears. Um, it kind of comprises this audio day. And I think that that's kind of where you're getting at with this idea of like, you know, we're only starting to see the tip of the iceberg with what uh, particularly media looks like um, that's really tailored to our ears. So can you speak a little bit more, like you touched on a few of those, but can you go into a little bit more depth around some of the things that you see as being like new avenues of ways that we will more or less fill our audio day with? Yeah, no, I think that's that's spot on. Audio day is a super interesting term. I think I saw that first from maybe like a Sirius XM investor report. And mm -hmm. I think you're you're spot on with that. I think that one of the really interesting things about where the technology industry is today is that we're sort of, I would, I would almost say shifting from this uh, iPhone centric world mm -hmm. to kind of the next phase where I think the iPhone is still going to be uh, the, the central kind of player in that world, but yep. where a lot of the interactions we have with devices and a lot of the content that we consume is distributed in different ways. So instead of you know, having my nose to the glass, I've got my AirPods in and mm -hmm. uh, listening to things, like you said, as I walk around or with the proliferation of smart speakers, uh, the, the opportunity to uh, serve new content uh, without me sort of typing anything into my phone or, or anything like that, wherever I may be in my house. And I think those are all really, really interesting um, engagement points that, uh, that create new space in the day for audio to be consumed. And really the, the idea, and again, to go back to sort of where Spotify is, is in a really interesting position, um, they've taken a very big focus early on from the music side of things with discovery. So how they can, yep. how they can make sure to provide the user with what she or he wants uh, when they want it um, to, to one, kind of keep them in the product and keep using the product and, and create that great user experience. And as sort of more time in our day is open for these audio experiences, there's a big need for them to, to expand into those other avenues and those other categories. Um, and, and again, podcasts is really just the, the first step in that. You can almost think of where they're going in the future as not just an audio company, but like an ambient media company in that. some ways where, you know, as I'm, as I'm walking around town, I might not uh, be actively looking for something to listen to, but I might click a click a button uh, within the Spotify app and say, Hey, I'd love to learn as I'm walking around Paris where I live or Chicago where I lived before. If I walk by a landmark or walk by something interesting, could you serve me a podcast that uh, came from that place or, you know, an audio story about that, or maybe an audio guide. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, maybe one uh, small example, but I think there's a ton of stuff like that, that as you, or as a company like Spotify really gets more deeply embedded into understanding how, their users are going about their day and how they're actually consuming music again not just not just music but podcasts and other audio things uh they they have a huge opportunity to um to move into a ton of different categories a bunch yeah. of different adjacencies no those are really good examples i love that you touched on the idea of uh sort of like geolocation specific content and it feeding mm -hmm. content based on that um something that's been very top of mind for me as well and so this kind of brings us to the big news that's surrounding spotify right now which is um the potential that they're going to be acquiring bill simmons network the ringer and uh, so I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. What do you think? Um, do you think this would be a good move for Spotify? And if so, explain why. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question. I think I'm, I'm a huge uh, Ringer fan and have been a Bill Simmons podcast listener forever. So I'm, I'm certainly not like a, an impartial <laughs> uh, observer in this. But I think it's, I mean, I think it's interesting for a lot of the reasons that we've already talked about. So um, the, when Spotify made their acquisitions in 2019 of uh, Anchor and Gimlet and talked about sort of going after the podcasting space, it was really with this eye towards um, how do we, again, move from that marginal cost business to one where we have a little bit more control over our destiny and our mm -hmm. profitability? And in some ways, like on the surface, this would this ringer uh, hypothetical acquisition would seem to kind of be an extension of that. And it certainly is. I mean, they did. I think, I think the report was $15 million in revenue in 2018, and maybe they doubled that or something more in, in 2019. I think they're really one of the central players in in the podcasting ecosystem. So from just the podcasting side of things alone, uh, it's certainly interesting. Um, you know, owning content, it's not necessarily going to be that they, you know, on day one, shut everything down and all the ringer podcasts are exclusive. Um, mm -hmm. I think what it is in a lot of ways is um, a play to, uh, you know, bring those on board and have a, an interesting sort of in-house way to test out some of their new ad products and things like that. Yep. Um, but, but I think, you know, longer term and, and how, how this might be interesting and how this might hint at a kind of a broader Spotify strategy. Um, I think what they did with, you know, Anchor and Gimlet was a very horizontal play to say, okay, uh, spoken word audio podcasts are mm -hmm. important. Now they're saying, okay, great. Now we know that that's important. We've proven that out. Now these verticals are the next space that we want to go into to really understand how people consume audio content in sports, which the ringer is pretty big in or pop culture, which the ringer is really big in. And I think by, you know, owning the actual content, they have a better chance of really deeply understanding um, how users are interacting with that content and can then begin to think about going beyond just vertical podcasts and going into new forms of content entirely, which we kind of talked about before. But um, how do they how do they bring books into this? How do they mm -hmm. bring um, maybe multimedia approaches that incorporate video into this as well. Um, and I think one of the things that the ringer has done and Bill Simmons has done over the years has really been at the forefront of new types of audio content creation, new formats for, for that type of stuff. And so I think that kind of gets at a larger vision of how do they bring talent in to push the boundaries of how we think about spoken word content today. So, I mean, to, to, to go back and answer your question, um, you know, I think that, the the price of course kind of determines a little mm -hmm. bit in terms of what that ends up being and if it's a good acquisition but I, i'm pretty bullish on it generally just because of the fact that i think it goes towards a bigger strategy uh for spotify beyond just podcasts and i think that makes a lot of sense for them yeah i totally agree and you know when we're talking about these new forms of uh spoken word and, and just like ambient audio you know i think one of the biggest opportunities is going to and it's already i know there are some people that are already starting to do this uh to a certain degree but the idea of really starting to get into um, narration of any type of content so whether it be um narrating just like the new york times so i think like again um, this idea that the more audio um, that is available, uh, that presents itself more opportunity to wear AirPods for longer periods yes. of time yeah, or yeah. any kind of truly wireless device, whether it be connected hearing aids or something as consumer centric as AirPods. And so like, I think that this idea of like, um, 
you know, not only just being able to listen to an article verbatim, but I love the idea of like almost like a Dan Carlin's hardcore history where you have Mm -hmm. an extremely knowledgeable narrator um, that's feeding you anecdotal information on top of the story. So like maybe it's they read the story and throughout the course of the story, they're pausing and they're giving you um, just, you know, various anecdotes that give more context to the story that you're reading. And I could see this idea of, you know, the, 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 uh, the uh, ringer acquisition being a representation of that, where you're taking this talent, you're taking, um, you know, Jason, or you're taking Bill Simmons, or you're taking any of the personalities that they have and people using them as their, de facto um, source for that type of information. Like I remember, I can't remember his last name, but Jason, he was doing the Game of Thrones podcast review, mm-hmm. or he was doing the Game of Thrones um, like sur- summary episodes. And um, and I think like that's just one really specific type of content. But if I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, like I might want to just get his, you know, his summary of that. So I can just see this becoming a thing where it snowballs to where the personalities themselves are the ones that people are subscribing to. Um, less I'm subscribing to the Bill Simmons podcast and more I'm just subscribing to Bill Simmons specifically. And I think like that, to your point, um, it gets out way, it, it's not pigeonholed into just like this one particular type of content. It can be any type of ambient content that relates to sort of spoken word. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think those are all those are all really good points. And um, audio, which is again kind of why the the stuff with the ringer is really interesting because audio can be an amazing extension for text, like you're talking mm-hmm. about it. You can provide sort of those like audio annotations almost as you're as you're kind of going through in that Dan Carlin yes. style, or you know, to to kind of keep it on the ringer. What Bill Simmons has done recently with his book of basketball, which is a really interesting direction that sort of is you know partially a new way to do an audiobook, but also a new way to kind of wrap a season around um, different interviews and, and different topics and things totally. like that. And yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on and we're already seeing it play out pretty, pretty big ways with uh, like the New York times and the daily and the podcast that they have mm-hmm. there, which, you know, a lot of that reporting and a lot of that stuff sort of starts out as text, but then can be expanded upon um, into audio and, yeah. you know, the, the big publications, I know the economist does a lot with that as well. Um, are, are really pushing aggressively in that direction. And so it makes sense for, you know, Spotify and all these other platforms, uh, you know, the Sirius XMs of the world, the Apples of the world, the Amazons of the world to really think aggressively about that. And it's kind of interesting because you don't see the same type of uh, sort of um, readiness or aggressiveness to push in these directions from those other kind of right. larger big tech players that you see from podcast uh, from Spotify because probably because it's not existential for them to figure it out. I mean, it's existential for Spotify to figure out what it means to be the predominant audio company in the world for Apple, for Amazon. It's a very, it's very much a nice to have. I mean, it's mm. a, it's an important part of their business long-term. It supports other parts of the business, but for, uh, for Spotify, it's, it's life or death if they can kind of figure this out over the long term. Right, exactly. Like Apple isn't uh, going to go under if they, um, <laughs> you know, if they don't completely dominate the the Apple podcast. You know, if Apple podcast exactly. doesn't become the preeminent offering, they're still selling you know billions of dollars worth of iPhones. And so you're right, and I and I agree. That's why Spotify in particular, like I'm so 
I, I, I follow them so closely because I think that they're such a good barometer of like where the opportunity exists because they have so much stake in making mm-hmm. sure that they succeed. Um, so the last piece before we wrap, um, you had a really interesting tweet not long ago and I wanted to just kind of, you know, expand on this a little bit, but you said um, something to the effect of my long shot dark horse of a acquisition would be for uh, Spotify and Snapchat. And so even if you don't think like that particular one, I, it, it gets at something that I've long held uh, to be true, which is at some point, um, particularly with the just mass proliferation of AirPods, we're going to have a social medium that is, or some type of social layer to the current mediums um, that's going to be really, really audio centric. So can you just like touch on that and build on your thought here? Yeah, so that was definitely quite speculative, but I think it hit kind of a nerve and was really interesting. I think people on Twitter just like like to talk about Snap and like to talk about Spotify for one. But for sure. I think it goes it goes back a little bit to what we were just talking about, where you know Spotify and we can talk about the social stuff too in just a second. But like Spotify has this sort of exponential need to figure out uh, how to best serve people with audio related content. Um, and so they need to always be thinking about what that bigger picture is so that they don't get commoditized in sort of their core business by Apple, who is happy to drive the prices down as low as they can, or Amazon, who's probably happy to give or is happy to give away music for free to prime subscribers and, and people like that, uh, to, to drive their vision home. And, you know, I think what, what Spotify is kind of seeing on the other side of things, if you think about sort of what's happening in China, um, and, expanding not necessarily into the US right now, but into other markets that Spotify operates in is Mm -hmm. you've got companies like ByteDance with TikTok, who has Mm -hmm. kind of completely, I mean, maybe not completely redefined, but at least is making an impact on the way that music's even created in the first place. Totally. Um, And just just kind of launched their own streaming service for for music. Um, And then you've got like Tencent Music, uh, who is taking a very kind of social first approach to music. Um, And so part of it was, was, rooted or me saying that about snap was rooted in following those companies a little bit and understanding how much success they're having. Um, also kind of to your point, seeing a little bit of decay from the, from the side of Spotify on what they've actually done over the years. I think that was one of the most interesting things early on about Spotify was, you know, being able to follow what your friends were listening to, um, and and things like that. And that, that feature is still the same as it was, you know, six years ago. Right. And the the tweet that sort of got me on the, the jumping off point for this idea of Snap and Spotify was somebody saying something to the effect of, you know, most categories of consumer technology aren't really one until a social product takes off there. Mm-hmm. And so kind of getting back to that existential piece with Spotify, uh, they need to be thinking about that, I think, long term, because it, it we've seen the growth of TikTok already. And, totally. you know, maybe there's other rights related issues and stuff like that for them to bring a music streaming service to the U.S. But um, it's not out of the question that they could do that. And if they have a better point of view on how to engage end users via social experience, that puts Spotify in a pretty tough place. So, yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting and at the very least would be uh, something that would get a lot of people talking. If, if Snap and Spotify <laughs> yeah. kind of got together, it would shake things up a little bit. And it would be, I think it would be a, the first kind of Western social media company to take that multimodal approach. It's something yes. that, um, it's something that the team at Andreessen Horowitz talks a lot about. If you, if you yeah, read any Connie of their Chan. stuff about Connie Chan exactly talks about is, um, companies in sort of, uh, Chinese social media that are doing all these different things, um, around, you know, blending these audio 
products together, these video products together, these gaming products, chat products, all under sort of one entity and all with different types of business models, not just ad-based like we have here in, in the US uh, and in most of kind of Western social media. So that's another really interesting piece of it is it would really be the first play at one of those multi-mo- multimodal business models for a social media company uh, in the West. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, Brett, thank you so much for coming on today. I think this has been a great conversation. Like I said, I think at the end of the day, this really all lends itself to the argument that, you know, as there is more and more things that you can do and consume with your ears, um, it just, I think, makes this a stronger case that we're probably going to increasingly be wearing things like AirPods for longer periods of time. Agree. I can't, I can't take mine out. So I'm, uh, I'm up to yeah, probably four or six hours a day with these things in. So if I'm a test case, I think that's definitely going to, going to be the case. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. All right, cool, Brett. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for everybody who tuned in today. We will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.